0: Thank you. Thank you. And did you get everything taken up? Yes. Yeah. Cool.
1: We've got a big announcement after service today that we're super excited to share with you guys, so it is going to be a beautiful and wonderful day today in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And also we have a lot of a uh, lot of people receiving healing this morning from uh, some different things, so we want to lift them up and, and let them know that the healing power of God is working in their bodies today because by Jesus' stripes we've been healed. First Peter 2, 24. Who knows that this morning? Amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak these words of faith together and we're going to keep saying this and believing that America is coming to Jesus. Let's go. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ, to invade the media, and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, Amen. Give the Lord some praise today. All right, we're going to take a few minutes here and do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice high five, handshake, fist bump, great big hug. Make sure everybody gives some love today. Let's go.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: over here, and we're going to pray over them. Congregation, let's stretch our hands forward in faith and just be in agreement for the blessing of God on this family. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for Nick and Sabrina and the kids, Lord. And uh, and Lord, before uh, Nick is a police officer or anything else, Lord, he is a man of God. He is a soul. God's army and so Lord we pray that as he enters this career that your blessing is upon him that he is safe and protected every single day on the job and and Lord that there's no no can come near him Lord in Jesus name we thank you he's surrounded by the angels of God and that he has the wisdom of God in every situation he has discernment Lord and the love of God and we know that Barstow is going to be better off because of Nick Alva being on our police force and so may their family just grow even stronger during this period and and bond even closer than ever before and we thank you Jesus that the blessing of God is on the the household and we give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus mighty name. Could everybody say amen today? Amen. Yeah. All right, praise God. Amen. And so right after service, uh after we dismiss, there was going to be a little cupcake reception back there in the coffee bar. And so I encourage you stick around, give them a hug and uh, grab a cupcake and uh, just bless them today. But we are so proud and excited uh for this to be happening. Amen. Let's hear it for the Alvas one more time. Amen. Alright, well we got plenty of announcements going on as we get into the Harvest Fest season and everything. So I'll let Pastor Katie fill you in on all of the good news and announcements.
2: Woohoo. Okay, Harvest Fest is coming, are you excited? Three of you are, sorry, lots of clapping. <laughs> lots of clapping for Officer Alva. That's wonderful. Um, so we won't make you clap as much, but Harvest Fest is coming and I'm sort of skipping ahead. I'm sorry, Mailey. Um, I just make it hard on the sound booth. I'm sorry. Um, there are two boxes out this morning for candy. And because the children's department is fully not here, children's department legacy of past, Miss Mata, is not here to fight me. And Miss crank is not here to find me. So this morning, what I can tell you is Bring candy and put it in the youth ministry bin (laughs) We're believing god to win for the first time ever um, it is a (laughs) It is a candy competition. So what they do is when you bring candy in, you get to pick which bin to put it in and you're going to pick to put it in the youth ministry bin so that the youth students can receive the party instead of host the party for winning because we haven't received one yet. hasn't happened in like 10 years ever. So we would love to have all of this candy prayed over and put to good use, blessing these children, you don't have to sort through it and look through it because we know where it came from. And so at our Harvest Fest, and we give candy out, that's the heart behind it, that you don't have to go out to the world that God will provide more than enough for you and that it's clean and healthy and you don't have to question it. So that's why we do this candy competition. And the reason we make it a competition is because when it's competitive, you know, There's always extra candy coming in. So it'll be a fun thing. Um, There also is some really great fundraisers coming um, today. There are nachos. Yes. So I think the last time we announced nachos, Mr. Brown over here was telling me, cut it, cut it. There's no nachos today. But there is nachos today in the rain. Yes. True story. Someone nodded at me. There is nachos today in the rain. No one's nodding at me. There is also a Harvest Fest meeting on Thursday, this Thursday at 6.30 in Victory Hall. That's the planning team. So if you are a part of that, please make yourself available this Thursday, 6.30 in Victory Hall. And they are apparently doing a fundraiser where they can get custom candles, church candles. So you can have a church logo candle with fall leaves They are different scents. So, okay, hold on. I'm going to give you a little extra information. In our life, sometimes we play opposite roles in our household. I like for things to smell good. Pastor Dave here, he loves candles. Pine candles. Woodsy scented candles. He loves fall time and fall time things. Anyway. Yeah, he's not the one that started the candle idea, but the minute I said candle, he was in. So the candles are $25, but they're big. So if you would like to see that information, um, they will have it at the info booth, I believe, after service and next week as well. So all kinds of fun things going on. And there is also coming on September 22nd, uh, taco drive through dinner. You just swing past and get your dinner for the night. So don't forget to make yourself available that day as well. And a couple of of rewinds, because we care about your family so, so very much, all of you. And when we say family, we mean grandparents on down to babies, okay? Because we're a family here, like big old family. So this Monday, is it this Monday? Next Monday, the 15th. Are we there? There is Family Life Picnic at the Park. There it is on the eight, on the 18th is it the 18th it's the 18th on here it's the 15th we're lying it's the 18th at H Street Park so you bring a picnic with you some kind of lunch fast food we don't care Chicken, doesn't matter. Uh, Bring some chairs and come out to H Street Park. And we all hang out from 5 o'clock till dark. And then when the lights go out at the park, then that's kind of your signal. You know, Robert has trained you well. When we turn the lights off here, you got to go. They turn the lights off at the park, you got to go. So family picnic at the park is the 18th. Marrieds is the Friday before that. Okay, so if you're married and it's a good marriage, this is for you. If you're married and it's a bad marriage, this is for you. And there's free childcare, so you have no excuses. There's food, childcare, whole nine. Um, you're going to bring a dish to share, and you can sign up at hdwc.org slash marrieds or on the events page as well. You can click that as well. So make sure you sign up and make plans, okay? Plan on it. It's a date night. Don't complain to me if you haven't had a date night when you miss that, okay? Marrieds on the 15th. Intentional parenting class is also coming. So whether you're doing good at parenting your kids or frustrated parenting your kids or you're doing bad at parenting your kids, this is for you. Um, it is really a very fun class, and it's not very long. It's only five weeks long. It's going to be 4 to 5.30 in Victory Hall. It is $30 to sign up, but that covers your workbook and the entire class, and you're able to do it as a group. And it's really a very fun and funny class there is a video we have a video we have a video i'm trying to explain it to you just watch
0: i knew i was selfish before i had kids i really did I went from being single and selfish to getting married and then suddenly there was this other person who had opinions and expectations on how I lived my life and my selfishness was exposed in ways that I had never seen before. But when I had kids, oh man, it was like my selfishness was on display all the time. Like they wanted me to read them books, you know, the kinds that were stupid. Have you ever read just the first line of each page so you could get through it quicker? I do not like them in a house, no, no. would you eat them in a box, no, no. I do not like them anywhere, all done. What if you look for opportunities to catch your kids doing things right?
2: At least you only defrosted her this time.
0: <laughs> nice decorating, looks like a winter wonderland. You might need to start small, hey your nose ring matches your belt. Parents, here's the key to encouraging your kids. Don't expect encouragement back. Most kids don't have the emotional vocabulary to know what to say and how to say it. That's okay, you're the grown-up. So see it, say it positively, and don't expect anything in return for many years. Discipline for a four-year-old looks a lot different than discipline for an 18-year-old. At least it should. For the crime of drawing on the dining room wall, I hereby sentence you to 10 minutes of timeout.
2: So it's like that, okay? It's going to be a great class. So you can sign up on the clipboard that's being passed around and you can also stop at the info booth afterward. We would love to have you available for that. It starts October 1st, okay? If you are with us for the very first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Can you wait? No, maybe. Okay. We see you. We love you. I'm so glad you're here with us. We have some information coming from Mrs. Officer Alva. Um, and It's about the church. If you stop by the info booth after service with that information, um, we have a gift that we would love to share with you as well. And now it's happy time.
1: All right, yes, it's time for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And so, you know, we call it happy time because God loves a cheerful giver. And so we decided we're going to be really cheerful about our opportunity to give back to God. Amen. And so if you need an envelope, go ahead and raise your hand. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. All right. Hallelujah. Who's happy?
3: Pastor Dave, that of sporadic. Did you get him set up or not? Who's happy today? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6. I want to look at verse 12. How many are glad and happy you're going to heaven and you're not going to hell? That ought to make you happy right there. Amen. Are you happy for rain? Amen. It's good to have the right amount of rain. Are you happy that Malachi chapter 3 is in the Bible that God said if you bring your tithe to him, he rebukes the devil for you? Opens up the windows of heaven, pours out his blessing on your life. How many like the blessing? Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says that you be not slothful, that means lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. To inherit the promises mean the Bible's working in your life. How many know any Bible verses at all? Does anybody know at least one Bible verse? What's the name of our church, Pastor Dave? What's that third word? Word. That means Bible. <laughs> How many know at least one Bible verse? How about John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave, us his, gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him... Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a promise of God. You believe in Jesus, you get to go to heaven. Amen? You follow him. What well, it says right here, we can't be lazy when it comes to the Bible. It says those promises come to pass in our life if we're not spiritually lazy. And so here we are at tithes at offering time. <clears throat> and so as Christians have been tithing for a lot of years, keep on tithing. It says don't back off. As Christians, they're just beginning. You just get in the race and start going with the flow. And you start putting 10% of your income into an envelope for Jesus. Or you do it online and bring it to Him. And then it says you inherit the promises. And I know in my life, i have been a tither for all my Christian life, really. It's so nice to live in the blessings and walk free from the curse that's upon the earth. And you know what? Inflation doesn't infect a tither because god always comes through that doesn't mean we like the price of gasoline or groceries or anything else going on but we love jesus he takes care of it for us amen it's, that's what we want to do well let's stand up and make our financial faith confession and then we'll bring our tithes and our offerings to the altar and, and uh, give them to jesus and then if you want to when you're done stay up here at the altar and worship with us as we enter into praise and worship to him are we ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks that's, in the mail, gifts yes, and surprises, finding I mean, money, bills paid off, debts paid, paid off. off, royalties received, blessings and increase. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give gentry in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
4: the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all you guys see that all all thrones all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all your name Your your name Is the highest your name? Is the greatest your name? Stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above.
1: You. We praise your name today, and we ask that you have your way in our midst, Lord. Uh, whatever you uh, want to do today, Lord, we're asking you to do. Uh, we we don't have any agenda that's different than what you have, Lord. We want to do what you want to do today, and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah! Who knows that the Bible tells us that at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, amen, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you know, we're singing right here that his name is the highest, his name is the greatest. And until you get that revelation in your heart man. You know, you're going to keep running into things that you're like, man, why can't I get through this? You have got to know the power that is available in the name of Jesus. And you you got to get to a place where you boldly use the name of Jesus because he told us to go in my name. Amen. Cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, speak in new tongues. He told us these things and he said that we could do it in his name. And so I'm encouraging you today to get very well acquainted with the name of Jesus and to boldly use the name of Jesus because any problem that comes against you is not greater than the name of Jesus. Amen. It has to bow. It has to bow, it has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so I encourage you with that today. Get really well acquainted with the name of Jesus and know how to use his name and watch what happens in your life. Amen. Can we give him some praise together today? Hallelujah, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever and ever. Hallelujah. Well, you can make your way to your seats this morning. Praise God. We're going to get into the Word of God together here, and uh, super excited about it today. And of course, uh, we told you earlier at the beginning of service, after service, we're going to have a real quick little... Uh, family meeting uh, here for the church family that's with us today. And we have a very exciting and big announcement to make. I dare say the biggest announcement we've probably ever made. And uh, I just want you guys to be here to hear it in person. And it's really, really good news. Um, and so uh, we're very, just really pumped up about this, but uh, we wanted to announce some great things to you here in person today. It won't be on the live stream. And so anybody that's not here, well, they can hear it through the grapevine. No, we'll, we'll fill them in later. Amen. So, praise God. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God today. If you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand, and the ushers will gladly give you one. Amen. Uh, is that, who, who's excited about our ushers? Who's thankful for our ushers today? Amen. Just want to pray for Brother Cletus right there, uh, wearing that cowboy's tie. It could be another season of heartache, but it's okay. We love him. We love him, dude. That's, that's what church family's for. You surround each other. Amen. Praise God. All right, well, uh, the title today is this, A Time to Fight. And uh, and you're like, well, hey, whoa, what's that all about? We're going to talk about a few things this morning from Scripture uh, about you and you getting into your promised land. Who knows that God has a promised land for your life? Amen. And you're like, well, I thought that was just for the children of Israel. No, there is a promised land for every single child of God. And it may not be a geographical location, but it is a place where you are in the perfect will of God and God can pour out his blessings upon your life in the way that he wants to. Now, uh, we're not turning there, but in Ecclesiastes 3, if you're familiar with that chapter, it says that to everything there is a season and uh and, and and it goes through all these different things there's a time for war and a lot time for peace there's a a time for and it goes through all of these things and uh and and, and so there's a, a season for everything or we could say there is a time for everything. And sometimes, you know, maybe you've been in a, in a spot where you're like, man, God, I really want this. And he's like, and I really want you to have that, but it's not quite the time for you to have that yet. And, and we're going to see a little bit today of what happened with the children of Israel, because when Moses came to bring deliverance to them after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, 400 years of bondage, they were told that there is a promise promised land for you. And they probably thought that they would just walk right out of there and, and, and walk directly in to the land flowing with milk and honey. But we know that it took 40 years to get there. There were some things that had to happen. But on top of that, even when they got there, they still had to fight some battles. And so many people are under the impression that just because there's a promised land, you're not going to have to do anything to obtain the promised land. Listen to there is a fight called the good fight of faith. Have you ever heard of that today? It's a good fight because we can win this fight, but you got to know that there is, to, to every miracle, there's two sides. There's God's part and then there's your part. Do you know that today? And, and you cannot do God's part. And God will not do your part. Whenever David went to face the the giant, God provided the power, didn't he? but David had to show up with some rocks and a slingshot, right? And so in your fight, in your quest for the promised land, you better know that God is faithful. God has all the power, all the resources of heaven right there for you. But he's going to ask you to do something too. If nothing else, you better show up to the fight. Amen. And you better do what he says to do. And so we always preach and we do believe that the battle is the Lord. Who believes that? That the battle is the Lord's. That's what David told Goliath. But again, David still had to show up and David still had to do what God said that he was going to have to do. And, and that's what I'm encouraging you with this morning, that there is a time to fight. And we're going to look at some specific uh, points from Scripture uh, regarding all of this. But uh, I was recently reading uh, something that my mom typed up a few years ago. She had typed up some pages from my dad's personal journal from 2005. And, you know, not that you would need to know my family history, but uh, 2005... For our family was just one of the, the lowest and hardest times that the Samples family had ever gone through. And we lived in the state of Indiana and, and you know, to make a long story short, a lot of really bad things happened. And, uh, and we had gone from a position of really enjoying life, uh, and, and all this stuff and being successful in ministry and whatnot. And, uh, ended up in a place where we had just lost everything, man. And, uh, and it was, it was rough. I didn't like that. You know, I, I've been at the bottom and, I, and I've been, you know, not at the bottom. And I prefer to not be at the bottom. Is anybody with me today? Amen. It's a little bit more fun to not be uh, getting your rear end kicked in life. And that's where we were at. But uh, as I was reading uh, through some of this, you know, it, it brought back some pain. You know, I shed a few tears. And then at the same time, it made me so thankful for what we have here in Barstow, California right now, uh, because as we were, uh, as I was reading that journal, it was the beginning of 2005. We didn't know what was going to happen next. All we knew was to not quit, to not give up, and God would have to come through because we had no other choice. But on top of that, we know that He always comes through for us. Do you know that today? Amen. He's faithful, and so He came through for us. We didn't know what was going to happen, but by the end of 2005. Pastor Katie and I were in Oklahoma going to Bible school there, getting prepared, and my parents moved to this town none of us had ever heard of called Barstow, California. And so here we are 18 years later in victory, in faith, and God is good, but I'm telling you what I'm going to share with you today, four simple points all came from that season of when it looked like it can't get any worse. Every time a wave came in and crashed us down, we were like, oh man, good news that's going to be the last one Then an even bigger one would come in and crash down on us. But I'm telling you today, God came through. It was a time to fight the good fight of faith and praise God. We won the victory. And here we are today. And so I'm going to share with you. A few brief points this morning on a time to fight, and we're not talking about physically, we're talking about spiritually, and just watch what God can do in your life. Who believes that God can do the miraculous in your in your life? Amen? Who believes that even though you may not be exactly where you want to be right now, you're not staying right there? Amen? That God is taking you to something greater, that there is a promised land for you this morning. Who knows that today? Amen. And so we're going to get into a few things uh, this morning to show you about how you can get the victory and there is a time to fight. So number one, we're going to say you need to know your goal. You need to know your goal. You got to know what the goal is. And I have found out that there are a lot of people who have absolutely no goals. They don't. Like, well, you know, so what's your goal? I don't know, man. (laughs) Not die? Like, that's your goal? You know, and I've heard it said that if you aim at nothing... You'll hit it every time. <laughs> and we, all, we know the old, you know, all the old sports quotes and everything. You know, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that there are plenty of good people that have absolutely no goals. Well, how do you know if you're succeeding in life? How do you know if you've reached the target? If you've reached the promised land, if you didn't even have something that you were aiming at. And so I encourage you today, you need some goals. Yeah, well, I'm 60 years old. I've raised the kids and they're out of the house now. Okay, man, get some goals. Aim at something new. But I'm telling you right now, for the child of God, there is always something for you to do until you get up to heaven and you can just worship Jesus all day long. Amen. God has something for you. And so we're going to start flipping over to Exodus chapter 3. Okay, way back at the beginning of the Bible, Exodus Chapter 3, now when God used Moses to deliver the children of Israel, the promise and the goal that they were aiming at was a place called the promised land. And we're going to read some scripture here, and it refers to it as a land flowing with milk and honey. Who likes milk? Who likes honey? Who's ever mixed them together? No, I haven't either. I was just curious if anyone had. I know. I mean it sounds, you know, interesting, but uh but, but they were promised this land, and I I'll bet that after four hundred years of uh of of bondage to the Egyptians, like, hey, this sounded really incredible. And so at this time, as they were being delivered, uh, this was an area called Canaan, Canaan land. Today, we would know it as Israel. And uh, you got to know that God didn't just deliver them out of 400 years of captivity just so they could wander around aimlessly for the rest of their life. And God didn't deliver you from the bondage and the trap and grasp of the devil on your life. Just so you could wander around aimlessly in the desert for the next 40 years. He's got something for you today. Who wants to reach their promised land? Dude, I want it, man. I don't want to just wander around with no purpose in life. And so let's look at God's initial promise to Moses here. Exodus 3. Verse eight, it says, "So I have come down to rescue them, the the people of Israel, from the power of the Egyptians, and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live." Come on, somebody, yeah? Anybody? Okay, so. This land flowing with milk and honey was the promised land. And notice all these people that were in the promised land, they were the enemies that were currently occupying the land. And so whenever the Israelites eventually did get there, they had to kick all these people out. And then they did it. And they conquered the land. But I know this much, that God has a promised land for every single one of you And you may not know exactly what that is yet, but the best way to start finding out is to start spending some time in the word of God and start spending some time talking to him and, and he'll reveal to you the things that you need to know. And so if you're going to get to the promised land, Hey, it's a time to fight. You can't just expect that it just shows up at your doorstep. It's a time to fight. So number one, you need to know your goal and you better have one. Number two, you need to know your role and shut your mouth. No, no, I didn't say that. So the women had a very great women's meeting on Friday night. And hey, ladies, did you have a good time over there? I heard all about it. I wasn't there. But whenever it's time for women's meeting, it's time for me and my boys to watch old WWF highlights from back in the day. And so anyway, as my wife, she doesn't approve of that. But anyway, uh, I had a flashback to The Rock. But so listen, if you're gonna, if you're gonna win the fight, if you're gonna enter the promised land, you know, it's the truth. You're gonna have to know what your role is to play. In obtaining the victory. And our good friend Ray Bench, he preaches here every year. He's from Michigan. But I wrote something down that he said one of the last times he was here preaching. He said, there's a side to every miracle that the man has to provide because God doesn't. The man has to fortify the will to stay where God put him. The man has to show up every day for prayer God doesn't do that for you. And you're going to have to know that there is a side to this thing. You have a role to play in the miracle. And there's some things that you're going to have to do simply because God's not going to do his part and your part for you. And so he'll provide the power. We know that much, but he's going to ask something of you. Noah had to build an ark. Who remembers that? Abraham had to believe God in an impossible situation. Moses had to face Pharaoh face to face. He couldn't do it through Zoom. He couldn't post a live on his Instagram feed. He had to show up and face the man face to face. Face. He had to hold up his staff, amen, over the Red Sea. David had to show up against Goliath with some rocks and a sling. He had to do his part. And I'm telling you today that God will do his part, but you have a role to play in conquering the promised land too. And I can tell you a few parts of what your role is. Anybody want to know maybe a few parts of what your role is? Well, number one, you need to read your Bible. God's not going to read it for you. He wrote it for you. Then you got to read it for you. Amen? Uh, I mean, it's, it's just like that. Uh, another thing is uh, you need to pray. This isn't rocket science, but we have got to pray. God's not going to do all the praying for you. And an, hey, here's another one. Go to church. I noticed that God's not going to do that for us either. He's already here, but he expects us to show up as well. Amen. And so, I mean, this isn't deep stuff, but these are a few things that are very simple that we can do to open the door to God speaking in our life. And so I just encourage us, quit looking for everybody else to do their part and your part too. You know what we call that? We call that being lazy. Oh, he said it. No, listen, that's called being lazy. When you expect everyone else to not only do their job, but your job as well, and for you to still get a paycheck, that ain't right. And we could apply that to the natural world, obviously. But what I'm telling us today as Christians, spiritually speaking... God will do his part. You know, hopefully the preacher and the pastor and the church family will do their part. We're sure trying. But you need to know that you have a part to play too. And if everyone else is doing their role and you're still not getting answers and breakthrough, well, maybe we need to look at, hey, am I doing what I'm supposed to do out of this whole thing as well? Let's look at Joshua chapter 3. So we're going to flip over a couple of books here. Are we receiving from the Word of God today? Yeah. Joshua chapter 3. And this is where the Israelites do make it to Canaan. And at this point, Moses has died, and Joshua is the man. Joshua's the new leader that's going to be the man to lead them in to the promised land. And don't you think these guys are pretty happy? Forty years of wandering the desert? Yeah. I'll bet these guys are thrilled. And so they get there and they make it right to the border. And then there's a river that they've got to cross called the Jordan River. And on the other side of the Jordan River is a place called Jericho. And that's the first city that they're going to have to take down if they're going to conquer the land. But before they cross, before they Go to the other side. Joshua tells the people of Israel something very important. This is their role to play. Joshua 3, 5. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourselves, for tomorrow... The Lord will do great wonders among you. And so their role to play was this. They had to make sure that they, they were get rid of the sin that they may have going on, that they cleaned up themselves, that they repented, that they talked to the Lord, and they were to purify themselves to get their hearts in the right place before they could get in to the promised land, and why is that because if you don 't have the right heart, if your heart isn 't right with God, you cannot handle the promised land you can 't you won 't be thankful for it for one uh, you 'll squander it you won 't you won 't properly manage the blessing that God gave you, and so they were specifically told, listen, before we get over there, you have to Purify yourselves and watch God do great wonders and miracles among you. And I'm telling some people here today that you are this close to the promised land, to the miracle, to the breakthrough, and God is saying, I want to give it to you. Just purify yourself right now. Get things right and I will do great wonders among you. Amen. And so if God's dealing with you, listen to him because he wants to do some great big things in your life. Now let's skip down to verses 15 and 16. And so the people purify themselves. The priests are carrying the ark of the covenant and they step into the water. And here's what happens in verse 15. It says it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Wow. But as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the river bed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. And we read that story and we're like, okay... That's cool. Listen, I'm not talking about 20 people crossed the river. There was at a minimum of 3 million people, probably more, that had to cross over this riverbed and get into the promised land. It's incredible what God can do. And then once they got in there, there were enemies To fight. And sometimes they're like, man, I finally arrived. I finally made it. Nothing else to worry about, but there's still some enemies that you gotta knock out of the way so you can conquer the land. And that's number three this morning is know your enemy. Know your enemy. Number one, know your goal. Number two, know your role. Number three, you need to know who the enemy is. And I have discovered that most people do not know really who the enemy is. They are convinced that it's one of their coworkers. They are convinced that it's somebody they got married to. They're convinced that it's somebody they go to church with. They are convinced that it's whatever. And I'm telling you that people are not the enemy. You do have an enemy though, whether you know it or not, and it's not a person, it's the devil. Do you know that this morning? That, you know, the, the scripture even calls him our enemy. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9. Are we getting anything this morning? There's an enemy. No doubt about it. And if you don't know who he is, you're going to be looking in all the wrong places. You're going to be fighting battles that you were never supposed to fight. And that is an absolute waste of time. And so we absolutely have to know who the enemy is. So you quit running around trying to fight anybody and everybody that looks at you the wrong way. That is never going to work out for you. Anybody figure that out by yet? I mean, you know that, hey, other people, that, that's an absolute losing fight. So 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9, and I love what Peter tells us right here. You have got to get a hold of this. He says, stay alert. Wake up. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, your husband. Your wife. No, no, stop that, stop that. No, look out for your great enemy, the devil. Well, what's he doing? He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Well, what do we do? Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And so I'm telling you this morning, how do we overcome him? You stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. You're not going to win the fight if you give up all the time. If you quit, you got to stand firm in your faith. And I was thinking about back to that period I referred to, the 2005 era, uh, you know, when it just seemed like, man, is this ever going to get better? So I was looking through my dad's journal notes from that time, and I noticed that, through that, he didn't blame any people for the predicament that we were in. Now the devil did use some people uh, to, to help make the situation worse. But as you mature as a Christian, you begin to understand that, yes, maybe people have done some bad things to you. But you got to see through that and see, wait a minute, they're being used by the enemy. Because if the devil can get you to think that other people are the problem, you'll begin to hate people. You'll hate them. And then guess what happens when you hate people, your faith will not work because your faith works by love. And it is a crippling, devastating attack from the enemy. You've got to know who the enemy is. We are, uh, we're told in Ephesians 6 12 that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We're fighting an enemy that's unseen, but praise God, we've got the weapon to fight him, don't we? Amen. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Back when I was 18 years old, I just graduated high school, I got a job at FedEx at the Indianapolis airport, and, uh, you know, it was a good job for a youngster, but anyway, there was a guy there that, I don't know, man, the devil just really liked to use this guy to clown on me and ridicule me and just make my life miserable, and uh, so I, I proposed to, to my wife down here. We were 18 years old, and I proposed, and I go into work thinking, man... Everyone's going to be so excited to hear this. I told the whole work group of like 40 people, I got engaged over the weekend. And instead of hearing, I heard, oh no, no, oh oh boy. And the whole room just took a collective gasp. They're like, that it, oh, oh my gosh, no, no, don't do it. Is it too late to return the ring? Back out now. How is this going to work? You've never lived together. You've never done any of these things together. They will never work. And I found out all of them that lived together and did things according to the world standards had all been divorced, you know, a bunch of times. And it didn't work out. And, I mean, we're here 19 years later and uh, it worked. Amen. And so, but this one guy, amen. This one guy thought it was just hilarious that we were going to get married and never, you know, uh, done certain things together. And so every day at work, he had no problem telling the whole work group, just blasting, making fun of me nonstop. And after a while, I was getting kind of tired of it. You know, I just wanted to scan boxes and chuck them onto an airplane, like, leave me alone. I mean gently place them onto an airplane. So, as I did that, uh, this guy just non-stop, man, non-stop every day. And so, I was getting mad, and I was like, you know what? I've had it. And so, the Lord reminded me, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ephesians six twelve. We aren't... Fighting against people. If the devil can get me to just blow up on this guy, to put all of my emotion and focus and energy on shutting his mouth, which I couldn't do anyway, uh, then, 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 then I've already lost the battle. And so every day on the way into work, I would be driving up there and I'd say, in the name of Jesus, I claim that today is a good day. I bind the devil from working through. I'll edit his name out, in the name of Jesus. And, and I say that he's not causing any trouble. And I also, furthermore, I proclaim that we're going to end up being really good friends in Jesus' name. And I did this for a while. And God is my witness, man. This guy shut his mouth against me. And I never had to say anything to him. I I, I I commanded the devil to shut up, amen? I didn't go after him, and this guy just shut his yapper. And on top of that, we became really good friends uh, for the remainder of my time there. And if anybody did want to pick on me, they had to go through this guy. And it was incredible. It was a 180-degree turnaround. But what would have happened if I just would have got mad at him and gone after him? And it wouldn't have worked out. I can tell you that right now. So you need to know who the enemy is and it's not other human beings. And the fourth thing I'm going to say today is this, is if you're going to get into the promised land, you better know your God. You better know your God and this is key going in to any battle you've got to know who's on your side I'm going to look at Psalm 118 this morning praise God Psalm 118 and you got to know who is on your side know who's in your corner and if it's God almighty man you better have some confidence today you cannot lose with him on your side and if you're doing things his way. And there's a lot of times that, you know, we 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 may acknowledge, "Well, God's on my side and blah blah blah." But we also have to understand that we're going to do things his way. We're going to fight the fight the way that he says to fight the fight. And so Psalm 118, verses 6 and 7, I'm going to read it in the English Standard Version. I don't use this one very often, but I love this right here. Psalm 118, in verse 6, it says, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. You need to know that today. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Now, if it was God is not on my side, you know, the next sentence would have to be I am very, very full of fear. Because that would be awful if God was against me. But the good news today, the gospel news today is that God is not against you. God's for you. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. I think that we ought to say that together today because some of you don't look like you believe it very much. So let's say, The Lord is on my side. On my side. I, will I will not fear. Amen. What can man or woman or whatever do to me? They can't do anything. Look at this next verse. The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look and triumph on those who hate me. I shall look and triumph on those who hate me. Now, there are things that hate you. Uh, maybe it's not a person, but I know this much the devil hates you. He wants you to go down. There are Things that hate you. There may be people that hate you, but if you get a hold of this verse right here, man, the Lord is on my side. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. The Apostle Paul put it this way, you could write this verse down, Romans 8 31. He said, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could be against us? Amen? If God is for us, who could be against us. And we, we say it this way. If God is for us, what difference does it make who's against us? Who cares? We're going to win and we're going to win big because God is for us. And someone may say, yeah, but you don't know the trouble I'm facing. Well, I'm going to say, yeah, you must not know God. You must not know my God. If you're going to elevate your problem and say, oh, yeah, yeah, God's big, God's great, I, I get it, but... Here's how big my problem is. You're doing this thing all wrong. Amen. You're not supposed to, to to just tell God how big the problems are, right? You're supposed to tell the problems how big God is. Amen. And so if the problem is saying you're going down, you'll never make it. You're never getting through this. You better start saying, no, you're going down. You'll never make it. You'll never get through this. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, speak victory in your situation today. Somebody ought to get this thing, man. I'm telling you right now. Know your God. When you truly have the revelation that God is on your side, you approach every battle and every situation from a place of advantage. Do you hear me today? When you truly have that revelation, when it's not just a bunch of talk, but when you really know in your heart that God is on your side, you approach every situation from the place of victory, from the place of having an upper hand. You And so sometimes we're like, man, well, yeah, but but this is going on there. and And you just listen to me. You have... Hand. You are privileged. You are a child of God. Do you know that today? You have a monumental advantage over every problem that comes against you. I want to look at first John 4:4. 4, first 4. John 4, 4. Amen. First John 4. In verse 4, and I'm going to read this in the King James, baby. That's how I heard it back in the 80s, and I love it. (laughs) 1 John 4, 4. Does anybody know what this verse says before I get there? Other than my dad and Raymond? All right. Praise God. 1 John 4, 4. Powerful verse. Now, the people that truly have the revelation of this, they can't keep quiet when they read it. Other people do a golf clap and like, yeah, that's cool, I suppose. No, Listen. First John four four. You gotta know it. Ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Amen today. Greater is He that's in you, than he that is in this world. And so I like to call this having the greater mentality. And you would say like, well, that sounds kind of arrogant. That sounds kind of cocky. No, no, no. I'm not talking about against people. I'm talking about against the devil. You're not greater than, but greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And when you get this in your heart, you walk up, on any situation with the devil and you say no 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 in the name of Jesus hallelujah you have to flee and you can bind the devil Luke 10:18 Jesus said I give you authority Over all, the power of the enemy. He said, you can use my name. You go after the devil and tell him Jesus sent you. You're there in my name. And watch what happens in your life. And so what I want to encourage you with today is this. You do have a promised land, and you may be not where you want to be right now. That's okay. It's all right, because you're not just going to stay right there. You are moving forward in life. You do have a promised land, but you got to know this much. God has a part to play, oh, and he'll deliver, but you have a role to play also. And you can't be looking to everyone else to do that role for you. You're going to have to read some Bible yourself. You're going to have to get on your knees and pray yourself. You're going to have to go to church yourself. You're going to have to do the word of God yourself. But we've got these promises from his word. Amen. That he is faithful. Hallelujah. He is just. He will get us to the place of victory. He will get us to the promised land. God will do his part. I'm going to know my role, and I'm going to do my part too. I'm going to know my God, and I'm going to watch mountains move. Amen. Walls come tumbling down, and giants hit the earth. Hallelujah. Who believes that today? Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and invite us to stand up together today. You may be thinking, well, that was a little bit on the short side. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes go a little bit shorter. And, uh, you know because I want to leave a little room for our family meeting here in a few minutes because I'm so excited about this. But uh praise God. I'm going to have Pastor Josh come up here this morning and lead us in a little bit of worship. I'll have my prayer team come on up as well. Amen. Now, in just a minute, we'll open things up for any potential prayer request that you may have. Um, but the biggest thing today is this. Because if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you've never really uh, received him. Maybe you've never really called upon the name of the Lord or, or asked him to come into your life. Or maybe you're perchance here and you have done that, but at some point along the way, you kind of walked away. Now, we know that he would never let go of us. We have that promise from scripture, but the truth of the matter is sometimes we've let go of him. And we aren't here today to, to judge you on that. What we're here to do today is to invite you back in to the family of God and to restore your relationship with Jesus. And the only way to do that is to call upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we want to give you that chance today. I want to lead you in a prayer. and. And as we do this, we are promised in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we will believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So there's two things. Jesus died on the cross. He already did his part. You know that, right? He doesn't have to die again. He did that. He came back to life. Your part is to believe and to speak it out of your mouth and then. We have salvation. And so let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And we're going to pray this together today. Could you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died and that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give him some praise today? Amen. If you're here and you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe this is your moment of coming back to the Lord, we want to help you out along the journey. We want to give you a good head start on the road ahead. And so we have a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer, SPT, where we will take the next 30 days to mentor you, uh, give you a Bible verse and a devotion every day, pray with you, meet with you if you want to, and just make sure that you are getting the advantage that you need on the road ahead. And so if you're interested in that, this is my friend, Jose right over here. I want you to go see Jose, amen? As we're praying for others, come over here to Jose. He'll get your name and number and we will connect you with somebody else from church here that can be your spiritual personal trainer over the next 30 days, and make sure that you're getting off on the right start with Jesus, amen. Hey, if you're here and you need prayer for anything today, we wanna pray for you. If you need prayer for your health, for your marriage, for your children, your whatever it is, we wanna pray for you. And so we're gonna take this time to invite you forward to anybody on the prayer team. Pastor Josh is gonna lead us in prayer. And I ask if you don't need prayer to just stay reverent in the sanctuary because at High Desert Word Center, I kind of view it this way. If you're up here for prayer, we've got you right here praying. And the rest of the family, they've got your back. They're worshiping and they're praying for you from behind. And you're surrounded by faith as you're getting your needs taken care of. And so please stay reverent for us for a few minutes. And after prayer time's over, uh, we're going to have a, 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 like I said, that quick family meeting and make a wonderful, huge announcement. Amen. And so, all right, Pastor Josh, lead us in worship. If you need prayer, now's your time. Come on up.
4: Your name is the highest Your name is the greatest Your name stands above them all All thrones and dominions All powers and positions Your name stands above them all Your name is the highest Your name is the greatest Your name stands above them all All thrones and dominions All powers and positions Your name stands above them all
1: you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. We've got some ministry taking place here, so we'll be respectful of that. Well, what we're going to do is we'll close out this part with our Barstow Faith Confession. Amen. And then we'll just let everyone be seated, and then we'll get to talk for a few minutes here. And uh, and then uh, we are going to have, after that, a little uh, celebration in the coffee bar for Officer Nick Alva. And so you can uh, grab some cupcakes and give him a hug. Amen. For that, and then uh, I think, are they going to be doing nachos outside afterwards for the Harvest Fest? All right, so uh, yeah, right after after all that, uh, they are doing some nachos. All the proceeds go towards Harvest Fest, so that's what that's for. Amen. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession. We'll say goodbye to our uh, online congregation there, and then uh, we'll go ahead and and uh, have our little uh, family meeting here, All right. So let's speak these words of faith together.